Open your Bible for a little while tonight and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 1. We enjoy what we're doing. And being doing this 38 years, God hasn't changed my calling any. I've seen a lot of men come and go in this ministry. I've seen a lot of pastors come and go in ministries. I've seen a lot of missionaries come and go. But the, but the Lord hasn't changed our calling at all. We wanted to buy a Bible for our children one time. And so we went to the bookstore and we couldn't find one. Not a King James Bible anyway. And I wasn't going to involve our children or our lives in anything other than a King James Bible. So we said, if we don't do something about preserving this thing and printing it and having it around a while, we won't have Bibles for our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren. We do have ten of them grandchildren and seven greats so they stay active and it gets expensive at Christmas time <laughs> amen all right Revelation chapter 1 did you find your place follow along with me I'm going to just hop around a little bit and give you a dab of this and a dab of that and hopefully pull it all together by the time it's time to quit in Revelation chapter 1 starting at verse 4 follow along if you would the Bible says John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, tonight for your precious word. God, we're thankful that we can own and have a copy or several for our very own. But Lord, help us all to be mindful tonight also that there really is a famine in the land. People are dying and going to hell all over the world. And we have a responsibility as Christians to do something about it. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that's said and done. In Christ's name I pray, amen. If you look at verse 5, the Bible says, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. If Jesus Christ was present today in bodily form, let me say that he would be faithful to the local New Testament church. He'd be faithful to the house of God. He'd be here for all of the meals. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday, visitation, whenever. He'd be faithful. We are not greater than he, and I can't say enough as I travel across this country from one end to the other that we be found faithful to the work of the Lord, to the house of God. In verse, also in that verse, it talks about the blood. We'll kind of slide by that, but just remember this. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. In verse 6, the Bible says, And hath made us kings and priests unto God. 
whether whether or not you realize it or not, if you're here tonight and you're saved and you're born again, you're a child of the king, you and I are kings and priests. We have a direct hotline to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Don't need any mediators. Amen? Not like that religion my wife used to be caught up in. That's enough said about that. Anyway, let that verse ring in your mind a little while. I'll refer back to it. Second Timothy 2 and 2, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses the same, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And what we're looking for all across this land is faithful people, faithful churches that could eventually carry on the work of the ministry. I'm not going to be around forever. Who's going to replace me? Now that's a big order to fill. It really is. I got my start back in 82 or 83, spring of 83, in Bowie, Texas. Dr. Don Frazier, who was the founder of the Bearing Precious Seed Ministry back then, who was a Sunday school teacher in his day at J. Frank Norris's church. He was my teacher. And I looked at him one day and I says, well, he, he, he'd teach you one-on-one or a whole group. And he put his bony finger in your nose. <laughs> and I said to him, one of you remind me of a junkyard dog that's lost his teeth. Uh, anyway, he still taught us and challenged us to do something for the Lord. At that particular point in time, I was set out to work with a fellow by the name of Bob Adams, who was a pilot. And he flew 206 Cessna aircraft into Central America and Mexico, uh, bringing pastors and people and scriptures into those countries to the missionaries. But little did I know that the Lord had a different plan. Because when I met Dr. Frazier, he said to me, what if there's no paper on the printing press? And I thought for about two seconds and I said, if there's no paper for the printing press, then the man down line doesn't have much of a ministry, does he? Right, he says. So he challenges me. He went to his tin cupboard, like one of those old military two-door cabinets, and he went out there and pulled out a... Oh, you'll like this before I say that. When I first met the man in his office, this was a man that worked for Tandy Leather in Fort Worth. And he had a six-figure income at that time that resigned from that to serve the Lord. And when I met him at his office, his office was one of these old gray steel military desks underneath an oak tree sitting on 40 acres of land. Come to my office. Pulls the tarp off the desk and have a chair. That's the kind of man he was. But he was intent on serving the Lord. And everybody challenged likewise. Where was I going when I went off that rabbit trail? The airplane, no, the, the truck, the big truck. He opened his cabinet and pulled out a semi truck. And on the side of that trailer, it said Walmart. You girl, you ladies will recognize that, right? I try to start as far away from those places as I can. Anyway, he said to me, Brother Denno, in reality, this truck will hold 44,000 pounds of paper. 
Let me challenge you to go out on the road and challenge those churches and raise money for paper. And I said, okay. He said, 44,000 pounds to the truckload, $1,200 a ton. So he says, when you figure you got enough money raised, cut a block off a two by four and throw it in the back of the semi. And when you get 22 blocks, them each representing a ton, come on back to Texas. I'll buy you a Texas style steak. And I thought about that. I said, wow, as I've traveled the country, I see you out there in Amarillo, they sell them big old 72 ounces. Well, in the meantime, the Lord took him home. And I still never collected the stake. Isn't that sad? I guess I get that one in glory someday. But in the meantime, back to the text. Verse 9. John was exiled to Patmos for two reasons. The end of the verse says, for the word of God. And that's what I come here to preach about for just a little while, the word of God. Is the word of God as precious to you tonight as it really ought to be? Think about that. Is the word of God precious to me? You know where it's truly precious? where they don't have it, where they've never seen John 3.16, where it's not been written down in their language yet. There's over 6,000 known languages in the world. Out of those 6,000 languages, there's approximately 3,247 that have what I call a tribal Bible. It looks like this. 3,247 languages Never seen John 3.16. Not written in their language yet. And we in America sure take the word of God for granted, don't we? I used to say that years ago, and I used to say the day was coming when you won't buy it in the bookstore either. That day is here. Amen. The word of God, men and women gave their lives for this old book. Probably 85% or more of the translation work that William Tyndale did is where our old King James Bible comes from today. Thankful today for William Tyndale and others that were martyred and burned at the stake so we could have this old book. And now today across America, we've got multitudes of different so-called Bibles Translations, I call them translations. Yeah. And now we even got independent Baptists switching to other versions, saying this old book ain't the book anymore. That's a sad day of affair, isn't it? Well, we're not going to change our mind. I've come too far to turn back. Yeah. And maybe the Lord will keep me looking young like I am. If mama keeps giving me more water. Yes. The end of that verse, verse 9 says, for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our testimonies mean something. <coughs> our walk should match our talk. Our talk should match our walk. Amen? You've got neighbors, loved ones, friends, just like I do. They're looking at you. They're watching, wondering, and they're waiting. Are there some real Christians out there somewhere? 
Sure, a lot of phonies. Amen. In chapter 6 of Revelation, verse 9, the Bible says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Chapter 20 and verse 4, the Bible says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Is the word of God precious to you tonight? If not, it needs to be. Amen. In the book of Timothy, if you'll turn there, chapter 1 Timothy, <coughs> chapter 3, verse 15, back up to verse 14, the Bible says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But, verse 15, if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. What did this Bible just say? This Bible just said that the church, not this building, the local New Testament church, this church, you folks that I'm looking at, you are the pillar and ground of the truth. What comes from this pulpit must be truth. Amen? Amen. And we need to know what's in this book. I challenge folks. I challenge folks to write. Write the Word of God. That's W-R-I-T-E. Think about that a minute. What will that do for me, young people, if I was to wrote Write the Bible. Well, it would help me to know what's in the Bible. The cults that's all around out amongst us wouldn't be able to come through and sweep you off your feet for ye erring not knowing the Scriptures. A lot of those cults are made up of ex-Baptists that don't know what's in the book. Amen. We need to know what the book says. So by writing the book, will help us to know what's in the book. In chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, Paul says <clears throat> to young Timothy, who is the pastor of the church, in verse 13 he says, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Look at verse 14. That thou, who's that thou right there? That's Timothy. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Down in verse 20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. The Holy Writ, the Word of God, the Scriptures, was committed to the local New Testament church. The church is supposed to be in charge of the Holy Writ. But somewhere along the line, somebody said, I quit. Them are two words we need to cut out of our dictionary. Amen. 
I don't want to be in charge of that responsibility any longer. Well, since that happened, the world moved into the picture and the world said, okay, Christians, if you don't want to be in charge of what rightfully belongs to you, we will take care of it for you. We'll do the printing and we'll do the publishing and we'll put gold and silver on the edges. We will make them real pretty to look at. And then, since we're in charge out here, you will pay what we tell you you're going to pay. There's some Bibles on that table in the foyer that if they were made by a man that I know of in the Netherlands, he sells them all day long for 250 bucks a book. And he gets it. The Word of God, in my mind, ought to be priceless. Yes, it takes raw materials to buy the product, to produce an item. But if it's a ministry, the costs don't need to go any higher than that. Amen. But if you want to run a business, then you start jacking up the price. You all know what I'm talking about. Well, we're not going to go there. All I'm trying to show you is Pastor Timothy here was commanded to keep the Word of God pure. And I'm going to leave that alone. Okay? Now we've got a mandate to keep the Word of God pure and to distribute the Word of God all over the world. And how we are going to do that is through the, through the local New Testament church and produce Bible portions by the hundreds of thousands. This fall, past fall, it's in, actually it's in process right now. We are in the process of printing three semi-loads of paper in the Thai language for Thailand. This month, we'll be producing 20,000 Thai New Testaments. And when they're finished, they'll be shipped to Gulfport, Mississippi. And another ministry will take care of the distribution of them, sending them overseas. That's half the cost again. Get them to where they need to go. So, the Bible says, I believe it says in Ecclesiastes, and the making of many books, there is no end. Our job goes on forever until the Lord comes back. And we don't have a quitting place. We don't have a stopping point. And every time we distribute a container of the Word of God to one of those foreign fields, guess what we need? Another load of paper to do it all over again in another language. You thought I was serious about a load of paper, huh? I'm serious as a heart attack. And I don't want to have one of them right now. I'm too young for that. I said that one time in a church down in Denton, Texas. This is years ago. And a man in the congregation come up to me. He said, Brother Denno, how much do you say for a load of paper? At that time, it was $23,000. That's just for paper for John and Romans. Bible paper like this is nice thin stuff. That's $54,000 a truckload. So I told him $23,000. <clears> he said, you going to be here tomorrow? 
I said, I certainly am. He said, I'll bring you a check. I'm thinking to myself, wow. And I said, well, why don't you just give your check to the church and the church can give us a check because I like to keep it going through the church. I've never been one to take money from an individual in a church. So later on that day, I said to the pastor, I said, there's an individual in your church wants to give us a check for a load of paper. And I told him who it was. He said, Brother Denno, if that man wants to give you a check for $23,000, take it. My conscience was cleared. I already shared it with the pastor. So he knew what was going on. Sometimes across the land, these churches, and I say this kindly, I really do. And we thank you for your support over all these years of us in our ministry and, and, and us being able to feed our boys. And in the slides, you see one of them that grew up to be a man serving God. But there's so much that could be done before the Lord's return. If we only had about a million dollars sitting in a bank to work with. See, it's not about money. But it is about money. Paper mills don't give paper away. Or you all could start praying that God would give us a paper mill. He gave us a Bible bindery operation. Why couldn't he give us a paper mill? I think he could. Amen. I'm keeping my eye on the clock there, preacher. In the book of Romans, Chapter 16, let me share these two verses, then I'll be done. In Romans chapter 16, another command the Apostle Paul is writing to the church or the believers at Rome. But in Romans 16, verse 25, the Bible says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now was made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. What is Paul saying here? What is he commanding here? He's commanding the church to make Christ known to all the nations. And yes, we do that through mission works and supporting missionaries and so on and so forth, but how would you like to be one of those missionaries out on the foreign field that was sent to do a job and he never give you the tools to do the job with? Like, you know, I'm a dentist. Just assume I'm a dentist. And all I have is a ball-peen hammer. You know, uh, I'm a carpenter, and all I have is a cross-cut saw back from the early 1900s. They have different tools these days to do the job. We have the tools to do the job. Let me challenge you to consider writing your missionaries Ask them if they have a need for the scriptures in the fields where they're at. We did that one time. Now can you imagine Manila, Philippine Islands? And the missionary wrote back and said, 
If we had a, maybe a half a dozen New Testaments, we'd be thankful. A half a dozen? In a city that size? My, my, my. I wonder what the missionary's doing. Maybe he's on vacation. We know the need is out there, and we know that the need is great, and the hour is late. There's a song, so little time, the harvest will be over. Our reaping done, the reapers taken home. Then we're going to report our work to Jesus, Lord of harvest, and hope he'll smile and say, job well done. I don't know about you, but I served the devil for 30 years. I didn't get saved till the age of 30. And now I'm 72 next month. And I've got to work double time and triple time to make up for all the lost time. That's how I feel in my heart. There's a great need. Amen. Don't look shocked. I'm only 72 and I'm just starting. I'm just starting. Amen.